chapter twenty two of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter twenty two piqued by the uneventfulness of the preceding day may tomlin stole forth this morning in a decidedly adventurous frame of mind she scorned danger she desired excitement duplicity on her part was no more than lord dymchurch merited after that deliberate neglect of opportunity under the great tree of course nothing irrevocable must come to pass it was the duty of man to commit himself the privilege of woman to guard an ambiguous freedom but within certain limits she counted on dramatic incidents a brisk answer to her tap on the door in the park wall made her nerves thrill delightfully no sooner had she turned the key than the door was impatiently pushed open from without quick sounded lashmar's voice i hear wheels on the road ha just in time it might be someone who would recognize me he had grasped may's hand he was gazing eagerly amorously into her face his emotions had matured since the meeting two days ago tell me all the news he went on is dymchurch here yes and the others you come to lunch to-day of course you will see them she recovered her hand though not without a little struggle which pleased her for all her academic modernism may belong to the class which has primitive traditions unsophisticated instincts and what has happened asked dyce advancing as she stepped back he spoke like one who has a right to the fullest information happened nothing particular what could have happened i have been tormenting myself of course i know why dymchurch has come and so do you i can't go away in a horrible uncertainty if i do i shall betray myself when i come to luncheon so i give you warning what do you mean exclaimed the girl with an air of dignity surprised tell me the truth has dymchurch spoken many times answered may smiling with excessive ingenuousness he is not very talkative but he doesn't keep absolute silence i hear that you have been to see mrs gallantry what do i care about mrs gallantry i have seen no end of people but all the time i was thinking of you yesterday morning i all but wrote to you what about all sorts of things of course i should have disguised my handwriting in the address may avoided his look and shaped her lips to severity if you had done such a thing i should have been greatly displeased i'm very glad you didn't so far forget yourself so am i now won't you tell me if anything has happened won't you put my mind at ease i can stay only for a few minutes there's really nothing to tell nothing but you must have plenty of news how are things going on lashmar hurriedly told of two or three circumstances which seemed to favour him in the opening campaign there was now no doubt that butterworth would be the conservative candidate and on the whole his name appeared to excite but moderate enthusiasm he broke off with an impatient gesture i can't talk about that stuff it's waste of time whilst i am with you but it interests me very much said may who seemed to grow calmer as dyce yielded to agitation lord dymchurch says he would gladly help you if it were in his power don't you think he might be of some use no i don't dymchurch is a dreaming nobody what a strange way to speak of him said may as if slightly offended you used to have quite a different opinion 
perhaps so i didn't know him so well there's nothing whatever in the man and he'll never do anything as long as he lives you know that as well as i do i think you are mistaken may answered in an absent voice her look betraying some travail of the mind as if she were really debating with herself the question of dymchurch's prospects do you mean that cried lashmar with annoyance i certainly shouldn't call him a dreaming nobody replied may in the tone of dignified reproof lord dymchurch is very thoughtful and very well informed and has very high principles one may admit all that all i meant was that there is no career before him would any one dream of comparing him for instance with me you needn't smile you remember the talk we had at mrs toplady's that evening i know my own qualities and see no use in pretending that i don't but what are we talking about of course you care nothing for dymchurch i know that very well if you did you wouldn't be here he ended on a little laugh of triumph and therewith catching hold of both her hands he drew her gently forward looked close into her face murmured may my beautiful may in that moment there came the strangest look upon may's countenance a look of alarm almost of terror her eyes were turned to a spot among the trees some ten yards away dyce seeing the sudden change of her expression turned in the direction of her gaze he was just in time to perceive the back of a retreating figure which disappeared behind bushes who was that he asked in a startled voice may could only whisper it was lord dymchurch i thought so confound that fellow what is he doing here at this time of the morning he saw us said may her cheeks burning oh who could have expected he saw us distinctly i shouldn't wonder if he heard what you were saying why she added angrily did you speak so loud nonsense he couldn't hear at that distance but he had been nearer then the fellow is a sneak what right has he to steal upon us he didn't cried the girl i saw him as he stopped i saw his face and how astonished he looked he turned away instantly well what does it matter exclaimed dyce who was quivering with excitement what do i care what need you care haven't we perfect liberty to meet after all what does it matter but you forget said may that he knows of your engagement my engagement let him know and let him think what he likes my engagement indeed why i haven't once thought of it since i left london not once there'll have to be an end to this intolerable state of things dymchurch isn't likely to tell any one what he sees he's a gentleman i must go in at once cried may losing her head somebody else may come go away please don't stay another minute but it's impossible we have to come to an understanding listen to me may he grasped her hand passed his other arm around her there was resistance but dyce used his strength in earnest the girl's beauty fired him he became the fervid lover leaving her no choice between high resentment and frank surrender indignation was dying out of may's look she ceased to struggle she bent her head to his shoulder isn't that much better he whispered laughingly isn't that the way out of our difficulties may allowed him to breathe a few more such soothing sentences then spoke with troubled accent but you don't understand what must lord dymchurch think of me believing that you are engaged i'll tell him the truth i'll go and tell him at once but still you don't understand my aunt wants me to marry him i know she does and know she'll be disappointed cried dyce exultantly but do you suppose that lord dymchurch will stay here any longer he will leave this very morning i'm sure he will my aunt will want to know what it means there'll be dreadful explanations keep calm may if we lose our courage it's all over with us we have to deal boldly with lady ogram remember that she is very old and weak 
i'm perfectly sure she can't resist you and me if we speak to her in the proper way quietly and reasonably and firmly we have made up our minds haven't we you are mine dearest may there's no more doubt about that miss bride will be our deadly enemy said may again yielding to his caresses enemy dyce exclaimed why surely you don't need to be told she dislikes me already as i do her and now she will hate me she'll do her best to injure us with lady ogram you're mistaken i've only to see her and talk to her as i will this morning before luncheon she shall be firmly on our side i promise you don't have the least anxiety about her the only serious difficulty is with lady ogram you mean to tell miss bride the truth exclaimed may you mean to tell her what has happened this morning i forbid you to do so i forbid you i didn't mean anything of the kind replied lashmar to dymchurch of course i shall speak quite freely there is no choice to miss bride i shall only say that i want our sham engagement to come to an end because i am in love with you the presence of dymchurch here will be quite enough to explain my sudden action don't you see i assure you she must be made our friend and i can do it if you do it'll be a miracle said may with a face of utter misgiving it would be perhaps for any other man now we have no time to lose i must see dymchurch immediately i shall hurry round inside the park wall and come up to the front of the house like an ordinary visitor election business will account for the early hour if lady ogram hears about it but she isn't likely to be down before eleven is she don't let us lose any more time darling go back quietly and let no one see that anything has happened don't worry in a quarter of an hour dymchurch shall know that there's not a shadow of blame upon you he won't believe that story if he does he'll think it very dishonourable dyce checked the words in amorous fashion but they conveyed an unpleasant truth which he turned about in his mind as he hastened towards the interview with dymchurch for once in his life however he saw a clear course of action before him indicated alike by interest and by honour he was roused by supreme impulse and necessity seeing him as he strode along you might have supposed him bent on some very high purpose so gallantly did he hold his head and so radiant was his visage there are men capable of viewing themselves as heroes in very unheroic situations and lashmar was one of them because his business with dymchurch and with constance would be distinctly disagreeable and yet he was facing it without hesitation his conscience praised him aloud nothing less than brilliant issue could be the reward of such noble energy meanwhile may had begun to retrace her steps through the little wood she wished to go quickly but was afraid if she did so of overtaking lord dymchurch in her too the self-approving mind was active she applauded herself for having given the preference to love over ambition with the choice of becoming a peeress she had bestowed her beauty intellect wealth upon a man who had nothing to offer but his hopes was not this nobler than any nobility of rank the sentimentality of a hundred novels surged within her verses of browning chanted in her brain love is best she walked a heroine of passion all obstacles would fall before her burning resolve this was living in high romance she passed from among the trees into the open park and there before her stood the man she least wished to see he had evidently been waiting he began to move towards her a score of more or less ingenious lies rose to her tongue instinctively but she remembered that deceit was not called for lord dymchurch had raised his hat he looked very grave but not at all ill-tempered may did not offer her hand after the good morning he walked beside her and at once began to speak i find i must leave rivenoak miss tomlin his voice was low gentle not unkind must you indeed lord dymchurch i'm afraid i must he answered quietly 
i am so sorry but you will be able to see lady ogram i fear not i wish to leave almost at once they were drawing near to the garden dinchurch paused glanced at his companion with sad eyes and his look cast down again spoke miss tomalin i came here wishing to ask you to be my wife only a foolish shyness prevented me from doing so yesterday this morning i know that it would be too late pray forgive me for speaking of the matter at all i feel obliged to explain myself perhaps i had better make the explanation complete by saying that i saw you go through the garden and followed in the same direction hoping for an opportunity of speaking with you alone may felt that a man in this position could not well have conducted himself more kindly and delicately no hint in look or voice that he thought her behaviour extraordinary he had been defeated by a rival that was all his tone begged excuse for unwilling intrusion upon her privacy but for the hopelessly compromising moment at which he had arrived probably he would have given her all benefit of the doubt and in one way or another would still have prosecuted his wooing very nervous and confused she made what seemed to her an appropriate answer thank you very much lord dymchurch i had so hoped we could be friends simply friends do let me think of you still in that way will you give me a proof of friendship said the other smiling kindly by permitting me to tell lady ogram in a note i shall leave for her that you have declined my offer of marriage this thought may was indeed a smoothing of her difficulties she glanced at the speaker with gratitude you will really do that how generous of you lord dymchurch allow me to leave you now miss tomalin i must prepare for my journey may offered her hand dymchurch just perceptibly pressed it saluted with the gravest politeness and walked away on the terrace before the house he encountered lashmar who came up to him with a glowing countenance i hoped i should find you here nothing could be better just a moment's talk dyce had thrust out a hand but as the other appeared not to see it he drew it back again as naturally as he could dymchurch stood waiting in an attitude of cold civility it's rather a delicate matter accident has obliged me to speak otherwise i shouldn't of course have troubled you with my private affairs i wish to tell you that the engagement which once existed between miss bride and myself is at an end i presume so was the reply spoken with unmoved features also that miss tomalin has for some days been aware of this state of things i took it for granted so that dyce continued in a stumbling way you won't retain any disagreeable impression from this morning's incident i'm very glad indeed to have been able to see you at once it puts an end to a natural uneasiness on both sides i am obliged to you said dymchurch with a bow and a look past his interlocutor he turned to enter the house as soon as he had disappeared lashmar followed and rang the door-bell of the servant who came he asked whether miss bride was down yet the domestic went to inquire waiting in the hall dyce heard a footstep behind him he turned and saw may who with features discomposed just met his eyes and hurried away up the staircase when the servant returned it was with a request that mr lashmar would step into the library there in a few minutes constance joined him you are early she exclaimed no bad news i hope no but i want a little quiet talk with you of course it's absurd to come at this hour you know i lunch here to-day and i couldn't have gone through with it without seeing you in private i'm in a queer state of mind very much upset in fact i never felt such need of a true friend to consult constance kept her eyes fixed upon him she had been up for a couple of hours reading in the french book which had reached her yesterday the same volume had occupied her till long after midnight her face showed the effects of overstudy 
tell me all about it she said with voice subdued to the note of intimacy and look in which there shone an indulgent kindliness you have often said that you wish me well that you desire to help me in my career have i not done more than say it returned the other softly indeed you have few women would have been capable of such self-sacrifice on a friend's behalf you know the law of human nature we always make old kindness a reason for demanding new again i am come to ask your help and again it involves heroism on your part the listener's face grew troubled her lips lost their suavity lashmar's eyes fell before her look i feel ashamed he went on with an uneasy movement of his hands it's too bad to expect so much of you you have more pride than most people yet i behave to you as if you didn't know the meaning of the word do i beg believe me when i say that i am downright ashamed and that i hardly know how to tell you what has happened constance did not open her lips they were sternly compressed i want you dyce continued first of all to consent to the termination of our formal engagement of course he hastened to add that step in itself is nothing to you indeed you will be rather glad of it than otherwise it relieves you from an annoying and embarrassing situation which only your great good nature induced you to accept but i ask more than that i want it to be understood that our engagement had ended when i last left rivenoak can you consent to this will you bear me out when i break the news to lady ogram you propose to do that yourself asked constance with frigid sarcasm yes i shall do it myself i am alone responsible for what has happened and i must face the consequences up to a certain point you mean remarked the same pungent voice it's true i ask your help in that one particular you say that something has happened is it within my privilege to ask what or must i be content to know nothing more constance don't speak like that pleaded dyce be generous to the end haven't i behaved very frankly all along haven't we talked with perfect openness of all i did don't spoil it all now at the critical moment of my career be yourself generous and large-minded give me the opportunity she answered with an acid smile tell what you have to tell but this is not like yourself he remonstrated it's a new spirit i have never known you like this constance moved her foot and spoke sharply say what you have to say and never mind anything else lashmar bent his brows after all constance i am a perfectly free man if you are annoyed because i wish to put an end to what you yourself recognize as a mere pretence it's very unreasonable and quite unworthy of you you are right answered the other with sudden change to ostentatious indifference it's time the farce stopped i for one have had enough of it if you like i will tell lady ogram myself this morning no exclaimed dyce with decision that i certainly do not wish are you resolved all at once to do me as much harm as you can not at all i thought i should relieve you of a disagreeable business if you really mean that i am very grateful i wanted to tell you everything and talk it over and see what you thought best to be done but of course i shouldn't dream of forcing my confidence upon you it's a delicate matter and only because we were such intimate friends if you will have done with all this preamble constance interrupted with forced calm and tell me what there is to be told i am quite willing to listen well i will do so it's this i am in love with may tomalin and i want to marry her their eyes met dyce was smiling an uneasy abashed smile constance wore an expression of cold curiosity and spoke in a corresponding voice have you asked her to do so not yet lashmar replied for a moment constance gazed at him then she said quietly i don't believe you that's rather emphatic cried dyce affecting a laugh it conveys my meaning i don't believe you for several reasons one of them is 
she broke off and rose from her chair please wait i'll be back in a moment lashmar sat looking about the room he began to be aware that he had not breakfasted a physical uneasiness added to the various forms of disquiet from which his mind was suffering when constance re-entered he saw she had a book in her hand a book which by its outward appearance he at once recognised do you know this she asked holding the volume to him i received it yesterday and have already gone through most of it i find it very interesting ah i know it quite well dyce answered fingering the pages a most suggestive book but what has it to do with our present conversation constance viewed him wonderingly if he felt at all disconcerted nothing of the kind appeared in his face which wore indeed a look of genuine puzzlement have you so poor an opinion of my intelligence she asked with subdued anger do you suppose me incapable of perceiving that all the political and social views you have been living upon were taken directly from this book i admire your audacity few educated men nowadays would have ventured on so bold a we call it plagiarism dyce stared at her you are very severe he exclaimed on the note of deprecation views i have been living upon it's quite possible that now and then something i had read there chanced to come into my talk but who gives chapter and verse for every conversational allusion you astound me i see that so far from wishing me well you have somehow come to regard me with positive ill-feeling how has it come about constance you dare to talk to me in this way cried constance passionately you dare to treat me as an imbecile this is going too far if you had shown ever so little shame i would have thrown the book aside and never again have spoken of it but to insult me by supposing that force of impudence can overcome the testimony of my own reason very well the question shall be decided by others all who have heard you expatiate on your your biosociological theory shall be made acquainted with this french writer and form their own opinion as to your originality lashmar drew himself up by all means his voice was perfectly controlled i have my doubts whether you will persuade any one to read it people don't take very eagerly to philosophical works in a foreign language and i think it very unlikely that any one but yourself has troubled to keep in mind the theories and arguments which you are so kind as to say i stole what's more will it be very dignified behaviour to go about proclaiming that you have quarrelled with me and that you are bent on giving me a bad character isn't it likely to cause a smile as she listened constance shook with passion are you so utterly base she cried as to stand there and deny the truth of what i say i never argue with any one in a rage why such a thing as this a purely intellectual matter a question for quiet reasoning should infuriate you i am at a loss to understand we had better talk no more for the present i must hope for another opportunity he moved as though to withdraw but by no means with the intention of doing so for he durst not have left constance in this mood of violent hostility her outbreak had astonished him he knew not of what she might be capable there flashed through his mind the easy assurance he had given to may that constance bride should be persuaded to friendly offices on their behalf and he had much ado to disguise his consternation for a moment he thought of flattering her pride by unconditional surrender by submissive appeal but to that he could not bring himself her discovery her contempt and menaces had deeply offended him the indeterminate and shifting sentiments with which he had regarded her crystallized into dislike that hard dislike which commonly results whether in man or woman from trifling with sacred relations that constance had been perhaps still was tenderly disposed to him served merely to heighten his repugnance to stand in fear of this woman was a more 
humiliating and exasperating sensation than he had ever known do as you think fit he added in a stern voice pausing at a little distance it is indifferent to me in any case lady ogram will soon know how things stand and the result must be what it will i have chosen my course constance was regarding him steadily her wrath had ceased to flare but it glowed through her countenance you mean she said that just at the critical moment of your career you are bent on doing the rashest thing you possibly could and you ask me to believe that you are acting in this way before you even know whether you have a chance of gaining anything by it it had occurred to me lashmar replied that when you understood the state of things you might be willing to exert yourself to help me but that was before i learnt that you regarded me with contempt if not with hatred how the changes come about in you i am unable to understand i have behaved to you with perfect frankness when for instance you wished me to admire you as a sociologist it's incredible cried dyce that you should harp on that paltry matter who in our time is an original thinker ideas are in the air every man uses his mind if he has any on any suggestion which recommends itself to him if it were worth while i could point out most important differences between the biosociological theory as matured by me and its crude presentment in that book you have got hold of by the by how did it come into your hands after an instant's reflection constance told him of mrs toplady's letter and the american magazine and he asked does mrs toplady regard me as a contemptible plagiarist it is probable that she has formed conclusions lashmar's eyes fell he saw that constance was watching him in the turmoil of his feelings all he could do was to jerk out an impatient laugh it's no use he exclaimed you and i have come to a deadlock we no longer understand each other i thought you were the kind of woman whom a man can treat as his equal without fear of ridiculous misconceptions and hysterical scenes one more disillusion don't you think asked constance with a bitter smile that you are preparing a good many others for yourself of course i know what you mean there are certain things it wouldn't be easy to discuss with you at any time you can't expect me to speak of them at present suppose it an illusion i came to you in all honesty to tell you what had happened i thought of you as my friend as one who cared about my happiness why this morning for the reason i began by explaining i have come here to lunch wouldn't it surprise you when you do come to be met with the news that lord dymchurch has proposed to miss tomalin and been accepted indeed dyce answered smiling it would surprise me very much which is as much as to say that i was right just now in refusing to believe you do you know constance added with fresh acerbity that you cut a very poor figure as a diplomatist you will not go very far as an ordinary politician i doubt whether you can make your way with such inadequate substitutes for common honesty perhaps you do represent the coming man in that case we must look anxiously for the coming woman to keep the world from collapse be so good now as to answer a plain question you will do so simply because you know that i have but to speak half a dozen words to lady ogram and you would be spared the trouble of coming here to lunch what is your scheme if i had been so pliant as you expected what would you have asked of me merely to use your influence with lady ogram when she is vexed by learning that may tomlin is not to marry dymchurch what could be simpler and more straightforward scheme there is none i have done with that kind of thing i wish to marry this girl for her own sake but if i can keep lady ogram's good will at the same time i suppose there is nothing very base in wishing to do so you speak of vexation do you really imagine that that word will describe lady ogram's state of mind if she learns that lord dymchurch is rejected 
of course there will be a scene we can't help that we must face it and hope in lady ogram's common sense answer another question how do you know that may tomlin will refuse lord dymchurch i'd better refuse to answer you talk much of honour if you know what it means you will accept my refusal as the only thing possible under the circumstances constance stood in hesitation it seemed as if she might concede this point but at the critical moment jealous wrath again seized her extinguishing the better motive you will answer my question you will tell me what has passed she glared at him and it was lashmar's turn to betray indecision you are at my mercy constance exclaimed and you will do as i bid you lashmar yielded to exasperation i've enough of this he cried angrily go and do as you please take your silly feminine revenge and much good may it do you i have no more time to waste he caught up his hat and left the room passing the foot of the staircase he saw someone descending it was may involuntarily he stopped the girl's gesture of alarm bidding him be off was disregarded he waved to her and she joined him i've seen them both it's all right keep up your courage go go whispered may in fright someone will see us at lunch he pressed her hand smiled like a general in the thick of battle and hurried away scarcely had he vanished through the portal when constance issuing from the library encountered miss tomalin may uttered an unnaturally suave good morning the other looked her in the eye and said in a voice of satisfaction mr lashmar has just been here didn't you see him mr lashmar no gazing full at the confused face constance smiled and passed on End of chapter twenty two